0: That's B-O-D-I dot com.
1: Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms moms of Bravo. Hello, hello, hello. I don't know why I started it like that. I'm but like, where, where are we going with this? I know. I don't know. I was like, do I sing? Do I not? I wasn't going to sing, but it is Halloween's Eve and, or not Halloween's Eve, but it's Halloween weekend. And we've got a lot to talk about, <laughs> guys. I've already had my venti chai. So I'm. this is going to be an overly caffeinated Vanessa this episode. Um, Abby, are you caffeinated?
2: Fairly, but I'm also on a lot of cold, um, and like sinus things. I do not have COVID. I just want to say like, I got a lot of DMs and I appreciate the concern and caution. I've taken two at home tests. I've called my primary. They've both been negative. They feel like there's really no cause for concern. I just have a bad cold, which is probably why I sound a little congested, but I feel like the caffeine isn't like, it's not hitting me as hard as it would typically, but I'll try my best. You know, we're going to start talking about Austin and I'll really, I'll be on. Oh, well, that. you guys know what activates
1: Abby, it's Austin. I love the comments that you guys have sent us about that. So this, this episode might get weird. So <laughs> get ready. <laughs> You're along. Just come along for this ride with us. Uh, yeah. yeah. In our house. So Lindsay, our girl hubs makes it a makes her entrance and boy, was it a grand entrance? Because I will tell you based on the trailer, when we find out that Lindsay tells Austin that she loves him, I was expecting that like a couple <clears> of <throat> episodes from now, not episode two.
2: I, um, yeah, I, I was a little, sh- she came in guns blazing, but that let's listen. That's Lindsay. Like a lot of people were like, oh my God, like pump the brakes, girl. She knows majority of the people in the house. She's a strong personality. I kind of love to, like, I thought maybe we were saying like, oh, they'll probably rearrange the rooms. Like she's not going to have to share a room with this random girl she's never met. And like they headed off, and Lindsay and Jules, she's like, "Let me tell you, let me let me catch you up." And I loved it. I'm like, "We need somebody that's going to come into this house and it's like, I don't care if I know you or not. I want you to know the history. I'm going to tell you what's going on." And I think in many ways, like Kyle thinks he's he gives like the number one guy in the group vibes. It's actually Lindsay's the number one person in the group. She is yes. like the strongest force in that. Group. Yes, she has, and I mean this in the best compliment because
1: we love Lindsay. She has like. I, I don't even know if I want to call it like masculine energy because she's obviously a girly grown feminine. I don't mean it like that, but she's got like B D E in a way.
2: She's, she's got, got like big ovary skinny. energy. She's yeah. got big ovaries. She's <laughs> she got B O E.
1: Yeah. So no, she just walks in and is like, all right, guys, like came in with her case of fireball, which I fucking love because, you know, I love fireball and granted they were warm, which ugh, that was a little painful to watch. I cringed. That was she tough. Came in with the fireball, came in hot. It was just interesting. And I also love that Craig, not only on watch what happens live recently, he admits to being a potster. He also has no problem just telling us um, what he knows. So he... Clearly, did not tell a lie and said he knew Lindsay liked Austin and
2: that they hooked up multiple times. Well, he was kind of warning Austin too. I think was like what he was like. How's Lindsay gonna feel that you made out with Sierra? Like I think he was kind of like, dude, don't be a fucking idiot. You've led this girl on. Now you're making out with someone else. I feel like Craig is kind of the narrator of this trip. Like in the confessionals, he's not afraid to say what all of us are thinking. Like even the first episode, he's like, Austin, if you can't get over Madison. When you basically you're in this like beautiful, like winters, you know, hallmark scene of a place, getting drunk with people and having the time of your life, then I have nothing to say. He's like, you know, then there's something wrong with you. That's not on the relationship. I, I just, feel, I love that Craig is so like unfiltered. I feel like we're getting Southern charm reunion, Craig,
1: but not as yeah. drunk
2: <laughs> yeah. conscious I mean. thoughts,
1: <laughs> not, not hammered. But I mean, should we dive into the love triangle and our takes on it?
2: Yes. I, okay. So Lindsay comes in pretty hot, you know, excited to see him. And then you know, she starts updating Jules on what's going on and you could almost see it in Austin. He was kind of like, oh shit. Like he was definitely caught in, in two lies because he's been leading Sierra on, they've made out. He keeps like being really flirty with her before oh my God. they left. We have to talk about the quote where he's like, <laughs> where he told her to come back or so he can get a second look at her. Oh my God. And. <laughs> Was it Dame Galley who means that from A Star is Born? That was epic. Like, I mean, God, that was so perfect. Here's the thing with Austin, and this is why I don't like him. One, I think he's a douchebag. I think he's a liar. And I think he's one of those people that likes to say, girls are crazy. I don't know why they're acting like this. When he says, like, I'm going to date you this year. Well, of course she's thinking something's going on. You don't say to a girl, I'm going to date you this year. And And then, like, like, FaceTime each other. Yeah. And she's like, this is
1: the first time we've both been single they've hooked up before. Like if she's like, Oh my gosh, this is the universe is aligned. And we finally get to kind of like do this, like see what's well, and there. And
2: this trip is in February. Like this starts in February. He tells her this on new year. So it's like, it's not like, Oh, it's like, you know, 10 months have passed. It's like, this is like a month and a half after he says this. And I'm sure she's thinking, we know we're going to do this show together. We're going to be on this trip. Like things are going to happen. So I just, I felt like he really led her on. I also was a little disappointed in Sierra. So I'm going to say, first of all, Austin, hundred percent in the wrong. I think he's the one who's led both of these girls on, but Sierra sees Lindsay basically run in, jump up, like wrap her legs around Austin. So excited to see him. And she's kind of like, like, you know, Hey, we were vibing. And now like, you know, Lindsay came in and ruined this girl code. I would almost say like, Sierra has been like caught up on the fact that they did hook up before Craig told her. And she knows from the other women that like Lindsay has feelings for Austin. In some ways, I almost think Sierra is the one breaking quote girl code because if it were me who just had like one or two random makeouts with a guy that I just met a couple days ago, I don't know if it's fair to say than someone who's had a three-year history of like on and off liking one another that like she's the one breaking girl code. That was like kind of the issue I had where Sierra was trying to make it seem like Lindsay's stealing her guy. Um, but the fact that either of these women are fighting over Austin is beyond me. Like there's so many hotter men.
1: I think it's only girl code had Lindsay come to Sierra. So I think those two, you know, clearly I think we've seen this, like it always feels like Lindsay against, and I hate to even be like the younger girls, but like the newbies of Summer House, Paige, Amanda, previously Hannah, it always seems like there's like a divide between them. Like they never like all just gel really well, but had Lindsay came in and say like, Hey, I heard you make, I mean, I could totally see her doing this too. Maybe, maybe not. But I feel like had she said like, Hey, Lindsay or Lindsay came to Sierra or vice versa. Hey, I think I like him. Like what's going on. I, I could see the girl code thing, but this is all being passed off secondhand. And yeah, you know, Very I cool. don't know. Like, I think that I, I don't know. I think it's. Just I a hate when messy. it's ever
2: just two beautiful, strong women fighting over a guy. Oh, like, I God. just like nothing. It bothers me more because both of them can do better, yeah. and both of them deserve better. So, I think yes. this is the thing that's like, don't girls don't get mad at one another. Look at yes. look at what Austin's doing. You know, and he's I, the one. Basically, he tries to make out with Sierra before they leave to go. Um, where were they? Were they going to do the tubing the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the and then they go to the bar. And he's all flirty and all over, you know, Lindsay. It's like the mixed signals he's sending out. And it killed me when Lindsay finally says, I'm in love with you. I get that's a bomb that was somewhat dropped, but like given the conversations they've had, he had to anticipate this was coming at some point. And then the next day, he's like, I love you. Long pause, like a sister. Whoa. Oh my God. It was, you know,
1: what's horrible is like it took me back to like dating because I was so bad. I was always that girl. I was always the girl who was like open with my feelings and would tell, not the L word, but like boys I'd like, like, I will never forget in high school. I remember right before winter break, I told this guy, I was like, I'm going to tell him I like him. And then if he doesn't like me, I have winter break to get over it. (laughs) That was (laughs) smart. Yeah, I know. I timed it strategically, but it was like in between classes and I was like, Hey, so and so I, um, have a crush on you. I really like you. And he like smiles and look like, at me. And it was like exactly that moment. Like, I think all of us have had that moment. And if you didn't, then you were, you've always been on the other side, which I'm envious of you. But I, my heart just crumbled for her because you could see in her face, it was like a painful smile where she's yeah. like, I'm not
2: going to cry or crack in front of you. Like. This- I was never baldy enough to say it. to. The th- I always like hid behind the text messages. Oh. Like I didn't so I didn't really put myself out there like that in middle school and high school. I was like, I'll just be like friends with everybody and it will be fine. So then in college, like, and I didn't drink until the summer before my freshman year of college, which if you knew me in college is probably like surprising that like, I never really was wild in high school. And so then I could hide behind text messages. So I would drunk text people. I liked and then so, that would, if they said no, or like it wasn't a great reaction, then the next day I was like, oh my God, I was so drunk. How embarrassing. And that was actually the smarter way to do it. So I also
1: didn't really drink before college. I got drunk my senior year. My first thing I got drunk off was a Corona and a tequila shot. So I also didn't drink. So you and I were like the same in that sense. Yeah. But so I was doing this sober. I had balls sober and I had enough rejection that going into college, I just like I don't know. I stopped doing that part. I didn't have anyone guiding me, but either way I feel, horrible. well, it, it worked out because you married your college sweetheart. So. yes, yes, it did. It worked out. No, I just felt horrible for her and the watch what happens live. Woof, got really awkward, which we'll talk more on our Patreon. It was a solid summer house episode. I'm just curious to see how this is going to continue to unravel because based on the trailer, it looks like Jason and Lindsay end up kind of having, yes. that and then Sierra, I think in Austin will continue to have a thing. I, I don't know. I also think my last hot take on Austin. I have to like. I feel like him coming on is like proven that he is still like quote the big guy on campus because Madison
2: like all of that was coming out and she's yeah. all over
1: the headlines. He was at
2: his peak during all this. This is like fresh off the reunion. Yeah. Like you know, I think I'm I am feeling like, it,
1: but I I no, yeah, but I think the head state. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, but I will say like his behavior lately, like even in like watch what happens live and stuff. It's like, uh, I'm gonna stand firm on the fact that I think you're a douchebag. I will say too, just a little tea for you guys. Um, it does seem like Austin has been reaching out and being a lot more friendly to Bravo fan accounts. And I really think it's because he knows he's going to look like a douchebag in winter house and he's got to do damage control before we see the really bad episodes. Like I think the worst is still to come for Austin.
1: And I'm like, how bad? Like, what else is coming? If we've seen this in episode two, like, how bad is that? I it think gonna
2: we're going to see him continue to lead on Lindsay, maybe even make out with her, and then like an hour later be like snuggling in bed with Sierra. He's that guy. Yeah. And so. how do
1: you get away with this on one house, right? Like, like you yeah. would be like, hey, nudge, nudge. I just saw him doing this. I don't know. Maybe Craig's going to get in there. He did say he was the potster of the group. So I'm I wondering if Craig just
2: gets in there and be like, Hey, Sierra. Did FYI. you ever watch Jersey shore? Oh yeah. Of course. Okay. Do you remember when Snooki, they wrote the letter for Sammy about Ron?
1: <laughs> I don't, but I want now I like want to go so, back and watch. It. Oh
2: my God. It's so classic. They type out this letter that's like in caps lock, like times new Roman. Cause it's like old school and pr- print it off with a printer and put it in her room And so she sees it and it's basically like, when you left the bar, Ron was holding hands with girls. He made out with them. The whole house knows. We just think you should know. I feel like Craig is kind of like a snooky. like he's not going to full on like type out the letter, but he's going to let these like women know, because I think he even realizes like Austin's being a dick. Like this isn't, I can't, he can't stand behind it. Um, But he gives me like snooky vibes in a good way.
1: Yeah, like he's just going to, like, sprinkle it in information, shotgun a beer. Like, yeah, he's he's stirring the pot. So I'm here for it. Winter House you know is one fun, clearly.
2: You know one thing I do wonder, though? So you know the sweater, the turtleneck sweater that Austin wore for all the Winter House stuff? And he did wear it on Watch What Happens Live. He did a poll. I will say I voted yes. I told him he should wear this I think sweater. it was,
1: like, funny. I think it's that's pretty funny.
2: Yeah. But do you think that's the same type of sweaters that Kathy gives to Rich? Oh. <laughs> I I love that she's like, I get him a sweater for Christmas and his birthday, and that's it. I think when you're so rich, it's like, what do you give somebody as a gift? You have everything you could possibly want. The sterling silver shells. I was like, really? (laughs) This is like what's
1: going through my head. I'm like, okay. Like, you know, he collects shells. Sure. That's sweet. I feel like there's no turtleneck. I see a strong crew neck for rich.
2: I feel like an aisle,
1: like a good Christmas, like, I feel like he is a person who wears like a long sleeve collared shirt with his crew neck, like very classic I do waspy preppy. Well,
2: <laughs> that's okay. Am I Rich Hilton? Oh my God. Yeah, you are. Yes, Abby, I mean, you are. You're channeling take that it. energy. I used to pop my Oxford collar with my sweater in high school. I, that seems very on brand for you. Yeah. Just, I don't do that anymore. Although if it came back, I'd be thrilled. I would be so happy. Um, all right. Let's talk about the Richard sisters though. I, we ended with, you know, like an emotional moment for part two and we kind of pick up there with part three. I, I really appreciated like the openness and the willing to kind of talk about like how they, they weren't talking and how they came back together. And I'm really happy to hear that like Kim's in the next two and that all three of them are on good terms right now.
1: Yeah, I am too, and I would love to see them come, like all three, come back. I don't. I agree. I don't feel. And you've mentioned this. I don't think we need Kim back as full time. I don't want that. Let's maintain all them three. But I would be here for them having like a silly moment, like even if yeah, we just went on a
2: trip, um, and just like, like a quick trip, like day. a two days yeah. one night. I just don't want her to get into a situation where, like Kyle likes to have fun and can drink, and I and she does it in responsible. I just I don't want to see. I think Kim's in such a good place. I don't want to see her go back to the way we saw her, like seasons one and two. That was really hard. Yeah. No, it was horrible. Okay. So clearly I'm also in this episode, Erica makes it very clear. She's been keeping score and she's going to, she's going to let you all know who she's still friends with when all this is over. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious. She is not missing the friendship with Kyle and Dorit at all.
1: No. I mean, it's, it was very, it was very obvious. I mean, and even Kyle would be like, I see in the headlines. Like I just want to say in that moment, I can't control what they say, but also at the same time, and listen, you guys know, we love Kyle. I just think you, she saw it. You can't really take that back. <laughs> like you were clearly right. laughing. I think it's fair. I would, I mean, it's easy to say this and I honestly would probably truly act like Kyle because I'm a people pleaser in a sense, but as a viewer, and I kind of get EJ's point there a little bit. Like just, she would be better off just acknowledging, yeah, we laughed
2: at you. Like we laughed at your crazy story. I think I would also say too, you, like Erica, you know, was it insensitive and not being a good friend at the moment? Yes. But the fact that like Tom apparently, you know, flipped his car and was unconscious for 12 hours or nine hours, you change that fact, you know, depending on who you're telling the story to. And then your son flipped his car, like, how can you not look at that and be like, that is so outrageous. It's comical because like, I don't know. It's like, I also remember we had a neighbor who like somehow like every holiday their house would get teepeed. And it was like, because they had a ton of kids and it was like the friend group, like, you know, just it rotated, but like, this is almost like, because I know it's a little different, but it's like the parents laughed about it. Like we literally get teepeed every, every holiday, 4th of July, Halloween, Tim Patrick's Day. Like it didn't matter. They always were getting teepeed. And it becomes, it just, when it's a repeated thing, that's like not a common event for everyone, there is a sense of like comedy to that. And I just feel like I would even say to Erica, like if the tables were turned, you would have been laughing too. If this would have been Rena telling the story about Harry Hamlin, like you would have been laughing like, okay, there's no way that Harry and then his son, like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. And I'd almost say to her, like, do you understand how outrageous these stories are when, why no one's believing you?
1: No, I mean, and I think Andy, like, kind of got to that, like, which I appreciated. He's like, you need to understand, like, the public perception of it all. Like, I felt like Erica is so um, proud that she doesn't want to admit that she's has wrong-stepped in any way. And the fact that she doesn't understand why everyone's, like, on her ass and, like, doesn't find her genuine, doesn't feel like she mentions the victims enough, With it's, I don't know. I'm just like, God, you're making yourself look worse. Like, truly, you're making yourself look worse.
2: She honestly, I think she should have listened to her lawyer's advice and basically just been like, I can't comment on anything relating to me in this case and Tom Girardi. And maybe that means she doesn't do the show like this season or next. And yeah, I know that wouldn't have been as great of a season, but like the way she even said, I had no idea. And a lot of people picked up on this. We, the firm, Like she'll slip and it's like, you know, that she knew more than, than she's letting on now that, you know, it's just like her stories are inconsistent. It's just, it's really hard. And I really appreciated Andy saying like, you are coming across as you're the victim, like you don't mention the other victims. And I think he's, she's, uh, Kathy then was like, well, haven't there been other lawsuits? I don't think it's ever come to this level. And I think he's like, yeah, defrauding the IRS and not paying taxes. Like, Like no one's really hurt. Right, what which is exactly with Teresa, like Teresa? it's not yeah. the
1: same situation because there are orphans and plane crash victims and
2: burn victims, not, like, yes, yeah, burn
1: victims. It's not the same. And then for her, we saw her like snap at Crystal because I do, you know, and listen, I, there's like two folds here. It's like, yes, Erica doesn't owe us to show us every single emotion and all this shit, but on the other hand, the shit that she is willing to share. Like, why wouldn't you express the anger you have towards Tom? That to me, like, what would, you, what are you gonna lose from that? Like, there's nothing I, you're gonna lose. Like, I just didn't understand that exchange. And she's like, "What? I did say something. I did say something." I always think yeah. of Amy Phillips.
2: I know. I love. I know. I'm like, I try to do an impersonation. I'm like, I should just like, this is if we were like a sophisticated, like, financially supported podcast. This is where we'd bring in an Amy Phillips clip and we would have her voice. But I feel like too, even throughout the season the women were almost giving her opportunities to redeem herself. Even Garcelle was like, if this is true, fuck Tom. In that moment, if I was Erica, I'd be like, you're completely right. Fuck Tom. I might be taking out anger on all of you, but it's really because I can't direct it at him. I'm legally not supposed to be talking to him. I'm in the middle of a divorce. My name's getting drugs through the mud. How do you think I feel? I am angry. I'm angry at everyone and everything right now. My entire world has been flipped upside down. I just think there's so many times that she said different things. There would have, been more likely a sympathetic, like feeling from the viewers. And right now I feel like the only people who are Erica fans are those that like, kind of enjoy being like, um, you know, you have a friend who always takes like the other stance because they just enjoy being like argumentative and like in the minority. I get that there's some people who don't think she knew. Um, I know you're one of them, like, but I don't think there's a lot of people like, look, we need to be really sympathetic and nice to her right now and understand that she's going through a lot. Like I think everyone's kind of like, no, she's, she's fucking up and it just seems like she has done nothing to maintain any sort of like sympathy or even support from majority of the viewers. No,
1: she lacks crazy. self-awareness, which again, you guys know my favorite thing in a housewife is delusion and she, she's. <laughs> Really turned that up a little too much for me. I'm like, Yeah, she's like going the opposite she way. She amped yeah. it up way too much. And I'm like, oh, you got to, you know, dial it back. Just calm down. She is so angry. And like we said, I just wish so much of that was redirected at Tom. And uh, I don't know, but we have another part, part four. And I've enjoyed all three parts. I will say I haven't. I, I mean, there's some things where I'm like, okay, like I'm excited to get to the Sutton and Erica of it all. The, yeah, I mean, those well, were like huge coming. moments. I can't yeah. wait to get to that. I but I haven't, I will say I've enjoyed it. I've I've really enjoyed it. I it is interesting looking back at the season and how Violate was such a moment and it got really like just a little mention, which as it should, but you know, in years past I would have been
2: all three parts. Oh, it would have been at least an entire part, you know, devoted to that. Um, and then for those of you who are wondering about the whole Dorit break-in, we are going to touch on that in our um, Patreon. So it's not lost on us that she talked about how she paid, you know, retail price and buys everything on her own and all the designers she has. Um, and then tragically that evening, a break-in happens at her house, but we will touch on that in our Patreon. Uh, really the only thing I'm on pump, I think we need to talk about, well, I guess there's, you know, kind of two things. Um, red flags uh, uh, galore with Brock. If, a man came up to you or like you start dating someone, you learn he has two kids that he's not speaking to. That's a pretty big red flag to me. Then you learn that there's like domestic abuse involved in it. Like that is like my cue to exit. Yeah.
1: I mean, and on one hand, I can understand that there is a story and people can change. That is fair. Like I do want to stand in that being fair, but I feel like I would need to hear from the ex-spouse to know that the restraining orders, like, you know what I mean? Like hear the full story on how this person has rehabilitated themselves to no longer be in a harm's way with their children. So I don't know. The only thing I do, I think Lala and what she said and how she, her intentions, I think were pure. And I do give Brock credit. I don't agree with his past that he at least said it to their face and like said, here, I'm going to tell you guys what's going on. I don't think Lala should have said that in
2: front of everybody. I think she should have pulled Chino aside, and that should have been a separate conversation. That's well, she a did it. shitty, and she did it twice. You know, they were shopping, and she brought it up like, "When did you find out that he hasn't? These has two kids he hasn't been talking to?" And I felt like in that moment, she actually was being a good friend. She was like, "Look, I, I'm like, I'm just concerned for you because you have a baby now, and you know, and like, I the last thing I want is to see that like this is a repeated behavior, and you're left completely alone." and not like without the emotional support and the, you know, like she just, I think she was being a good friend in that moment. Then she brought it up again when they were all together celebrating Raquel and James's engagement, like not the time, then brings it up again and reveals what Brock told her. I think almost a confidence, like, Hey, I get that you're being concerned and I have a feeling you're going to dig deeper. I'm just going to be honest and upfront with you and tell you, here's what you're going to find. And here's what's going on. And I agree. I do respect that. I don't think he's hiding, trying to hide any of this, but then Lala brought it up all, to all of the women at the tea party. I feel like it's just kind of like, there's one thing about being concerned. And then there's another thing about really just like Craig being a pot stirrer. And this yeah. is taking it a, a little bit too far when it involves children, domestic abuse. Like there's just a lot to it. It's like, Lala, I don't know if this is something you need to tell everybody over tea. Exactly. That's where I had my beef. Like, you, yeah,
1: you've pinned it. And that, that was it. Oh, the last thing I, <laughs> I want to comment on Vanderbilt and I've thought about memeing this and I, may, I still will. Um, you know, and I say this because I'm married to a financial advisor. But watching Tom and Tom make decisions about oh money, my God. it like I like want to stab my eyeballs because I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? That's all. It's it's bad.
2: It's too so I mean, bad. You, <laughs> like uh, the, I, this to me also just shows like their immaturity, uh, and they're not like they're kind of at an age where you should be starting to get your shit together. And they have a successful business with Tom, Tom. I just feel like they should know a little bit more. Like they're doing these home equity loans and Tom's gets uh, you know, rejected. Sandoval just spent like, you know, twelve, but he said the whole thing cost twenty five, but I think they he mentioned they might have split it. But still he dropped twelve thousand dollars, possibly, maybe even twenty five thousand on someone else's engagement when you're trying like you're opening a home equity loan. Like, I don't there's just so many things I'm like, oh, like. They're the type of people that would buy a brand new car before they close on a house. You know, it's like that common mistake that like realtors talk about. They are those people. Yeah.
1: That's all Uh, I would say. Last thing really quick, Katie, I admire her for sharing her story. Um, We posted about that. I think anyone who's open about their infertility journey and everything that comes with it, I highly respect. You don't always have to agree with someone's decisions. That's on them. Um, That's something she has to live with, not necessarily us. So I appreciate it. Um, and I did find it comical that Schwartz didn't think he could not drink, do mushrooms or smoke weed to help with his sperm head count. I'm like,
2: come on. Are you fucking kidding? Me? She has to like stab needles in her body potentially. And you can't yeah. fucking do this. <laughs> well, it did make me laugh because it's like, okay, like her uterus was pristine. They didn't see any issues on her end. And I know sometimes there's unexplained infertility, but it's like, all right. This has been really like hard emotionally on everyone, but I think a little bit harder on Katie. And I think she was almost thinking there was something wrong with her. Can you like cut back on the, on the booze and the shrooms and pot just while they get pregnant? Like once she's pregnant, he could probably resume getting high again. Like it just, it, it's just, it's funny to me. Um, okay. Let's talk about, I think I might hate Dewey more than Austin. Let's talk about Dewey. I, um, one, what an awkward dinner! How, to, what a way to ruin oysters! Let's talk about sister wives and like how you are so fixated on having another kid that you don't care if it ruins your marriage.
1: Yeah, yeah, the whole situation was just very bizarre, and you know, and the fact that he went so far to research the laws on it, like I just. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like this is a lot of, and we keep seeing, if we had a drinking game alert, I think the word would be red flag. I just think there's a lot of things that bring up concerns to me. And I think Jenny kind of got to it. Like, what is it going, that's going on? Do you not feel like you're getting like intimate? You're not fulfilled romantically. Like, what is it? And like the whole children thing, I don't, it's just kind of weird. It's like, what do you think you are? Like some fucking like cult leader somewhere that well, you're yeah. entitled like, to
2: have all these children. Like, yeah. I, he's like, I know someone that has 40 kids. am like, Oh, do you want 40 kids? If you wanted 40 kids, that's probably a conversation you should have had prior to marriage. Cause that obviously would involve bringing in multiple wives, not just one sister wife. And I will also say too, I like how she's like, we're Catholic. How do you like, have you talked to a priest about this? She's like, I don't think they'll mind. Uh, They actually will. Like polygamy is not supported by Catholicism. That is such a male thing too. Like just to be so confidently be like, he's not going to mind. Yeah. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And and I also feel like too, like their kids are older. How are you going to explain that to your kids? Like, well, you know, mom doesn't want any more kids and I just want them so badly that we're going to like, we're going to be bringing this woman into our house. It's just, it's, I feel like too, it's just to me, it's like, I get that. Like, having a kid is one of those things. Like there is no compromise. It's not like, you know, it's like, I want to live in the city. I want to live in the burbs. We'll live somewhere in between where we have easy access to the city and kind of the feel of a neighborhood. Like there is no compromise with kids. You either have another one or you don't, but to go this far as to say like, well, if I can't have one with you, I'm bringing another woman into our marriage is basically just saying like, I really don't care at all about your feelings. And I agree with her point that he needs to go to therapy and grieve the other child. It almost feels like he's trying to replace the baby they lost.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, uh, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. I yeah. That's a hundred percent it. And I, it's
2: just very, um, interesting. It is. Um, now, like, I will say too, just seeing the emotion with it, I don't believe that TikTok that this is all being staged because one, what a price to pay for Dewey. Like, everyone hates him. He's being like thrown in there with like, Joe Bellino. And, um, why am I blanking on those terrible people from, um, New Jersey, Marchese, like he's being thrown in with some awful human beings in Bravo history. Like what, a! I just feel like if you're going to just do this for a storyline, like what a big risk to take. And I think that we've seen it like there's times when certain things are exposed about a partner and it just becomes so amplified because it's been named and talked about that it can like really, really ruin a marriage. So I just, to me, I'm like, I don't, this doesn't feel forced or staged like a lot of other things in Salt Lake City right now. It doesn't. It, um, but,
1: it, well, and I think too, like, and guys, like we've been in this for a little bit of a minute and being this, the moments that we've had in this Bravo world is that reality stars aren't that smart <laughs> in the sense of being that calculating. Um yes there's deception there's staging and all sorts of shit like that like i think as viewers you can pick up on that but i i think you have some points there i i think if anything with the tiktok i think there's probably truth to them just wanting like fame and attention from just being yeah. on the show which i think
2: you could say about anyone i completely agree um let's talk a little bit about cleavage not the kind of cleavage you're thinking about i will say so Seth was saying he wants nature's cleavage. Like he wants the great view it, to me. I was like, that's kind of like a cringe factor. I will say there are some mountains, I guess that like kind of could look like boobs. And like, there's that restaurant twin peaks. That's basically like a Hooters, but still like, I've never heard the term cleavage for Mountains. Or no, a year. I'm
1: realizing that Seth is a dirty dog. That's that's a dirty,
2: yeah, dog. He's, a dirty, dirty dog. He's
1: just a dirty dog. Like he, you know, he's made a couple sex jokes. Like he's just, I don't know. We saw like an angry Seth last season because they were had troubles in their relationship, and now we're seeing like he's like I, he very much wants to make up for lost times and make sexual innuendos any chance he gets. He's almost like Michael Scott, you know, in that sense. Like I'm waiting for him to say that's that what
2: she said in yeah.
1: one of these episodes.
2: It's coming. I'm sure. Um, and I, now I realized by saying it's coming, you could say that that's what she said. Um, okay. I'm just going to say it. I'm not loving the season of Salt Lake. I think a lot of it feels really forced and fake to me, including like Lisa Barlow's crocodile tears that now she's like crying in every episode. You guys, I hate crying. I've been doing every episode, this fight between Mary, Jenny, Lisa, Angie, like all of it, like it just like it feels I it just makes I'm not enjoying the season. Like I just feel like we have nothing of substance other than Jen Shaw getting arrested.
1: There really isn't. It's it's kind of a bummer. I don't know. It, I don't know. It's just it's very It's a bummer, honestly. (laughs) Like, uh, womp, 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 womp. But listen, like, this is season two. And I feel like that's typical um, from what we've seen. And I think as viewers, we've become so spoiled. And you guys know I'm the first to admit, like, flip flop. Like, next week could be amazing, and I could be saying the complete opposite. And that's what I'm learning about us as Bravo fans. Like, we quickly turn on people, but we'll also come back. So I don't know, but I think Jen Shaw is the only thing that they they have this season of something substantial and the women don't carry all carry the weight as a cast, like the Potomac women do to where they don't have to yeah. have like a nice, like strong central one significant thing.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the point with Jen Shaw yet. I just feel like it's just to me, I'm like, I'm not loving the season. It's kind of lost the magic of season one, um, even though I, it's crazy for me to see this, Mary might be like the most enjoyable person on the show for me, just from a like, pure entertainment factor. Like the things that she says and does, like, even the way she got mad at Jenny, like, don't talk like that. No, don't say that word. And then she was like complaining about like having to walk up the mountain. It's like, well, you're going sledding. What do you think you're going to be on a flat surface? Like I'm wearing heels. I just love her. She's just, her very, shoes, it's like just
1: very, she's like, an honest. I've said this before. She's like an alien to me. And then next week we're getting, like, this is the shit I want to see. Like, we're going to now dive into Mary the cult leader and ripping people off, which we found out, sadly, the person who makes that allegation has since passed away. I think, yes,
2: like we shared yes. that on our Instagram story. So we don't know it, much more details than that. And I, don't, we, I was not say, I don't know how he passed away. A lot of people DM'd us. Like, I, I'm dying to know. Was it like, is there any, is there any like chance that there's like, and not any chance, but like, was it foul play? Like, there's a lot of questions. Like, was it, he spoke out and all of a sudden he's mysteriously dead. Like there's oh. a lot of things like, Abby. <laughs> well, you do have to wonder. Cause they didn't say his cause of death. It wasn't like they said, like he battled cancer. No, like, I know. Had...
1: I just love like how you go
2: there with things like that's, Oh, well everyone DM'd us. I'm not the only no. one thinking this, I, no, but don't I you know. think it's weird that they said he tragically passed away, but no one says how? Yeah. No, I
1: know. No, I do. It's like, I it's like normal know. to
2: wonder like, well, that's kind of weird. No,
1: you're, um, right. you're totally right. I just find
2: it funny. Let's go to Potomac and Karen Um, the entertainment. Uh, I love that Wendy was like, okay, Ray said he wants a woman to jump out of a cake. We got you a cake to jump out of. I don't think she should have been naked like Giselle said.
1: No, she shouldn't have been naked. It was cute. It was funny. And Ray, I mean, it was just like cute and funny to me. And just as the cake was coming up, you can clearly see there's someone underneath it.
2: <laughs> like, I mean, her head was like bobbing. Like it wasn't like, Oh, legs. what is this? Like, you could see yeah. her
1: legs. Like you knew she was clothed. It was just cute. I mean, it was, it was a cute moment. It was, I, I like those two. Um, I don't care to see them make
2: out ever. Cause it's like very awkward, but I think they're cute. There's very few couples where I think it's like not cringy, like even That's like true. Tamara and Eddie, like even though they're both very attractive people, like it was cringy watching that tub scene. Like, I just think there's like, it's one thing to like, be a, like, see a little affection and watch them have a nice date night. Like we've seen that with Mauricio and Kyle, but like, I think when it gets like very obvious that they're like, this is foreplay, it's like, Ooh, this is a little weird to watch. Um, and before we dive into that, cause that did happen this episode, what was your thought on, um, Alzheimer's versus Alzheimer's, um, the dig at G. I mean, I understand Ashley was mad, but I kind of feel like she would have had me up until throwing that out there.
1: Yeah, no, she would have had me too until she threw out there. And then I love Mia so quick on her feet and quickly asked like, you know, where's your husband? And she's like, do
2: you, do you know where he is? Like, just like, I mean, we're all thinking it like he's not there. He claims he's with the kids, but he doesn't even know how to watch the kids.
1: No. No, I mean, he's too, com- he's too fixated on who's being good and who's being bad. Yeah, no, it was, it was comical. I mean, it's, it was an interesting, and honestly, like G handled himself out of all the moments he's had in like the three episodes, he handled the situation the best and just like not letting it get to him and not blow up at Ashley and make himself look worse.
2: Yeah. I'm not a fan of G I think he makes me feel very uncomfortable. And I think it's like the, the way he like stuck his tongue out at Karen. It's the way he like, wouldn't even let Ashley just like take a nap on the bus. Like he seems to like just enjoy like bothering women and making them feel uncomfortable. And it's, like, it's just like, it's a, there's a weird ick factor to him for me. He doesn't respect boundaries. Yeah.
1: He doesn't respect boundaries. And he kind of goes there whether it be alcohol induced or not. So, I mean, I'm always here for a little bit of a redemption story, but he's not, he's not on my list
2: of house husbands.
1: Although I will take him like hanging out with him over, over
2: Michael Darby. That scene where Ashley is trying to like seduce him and her dress and trying to be sexy again. Like it was just so weird. And even like, I just, Oh, I can't even like relive it. I will say like, I noticed he had like one sip of a beer and she like chugged her Corona. Like, I feel like you've got to be drunk to try to do that to Michael Darby.
1: Well, and on camera, like I I just say, like, how can you do that in front of a camera crew? Clearly she's been filming for a minute and I know people eventually, I guess, tune it out. But it's just, yeah, I don't need, no one needs to see that. No one needs to see that. I don't need to see that. But we get it every Housewives. I feel like every franchise has a moment like that. Like, I can't think of examples right now, but I know we've seen shit like this. It's
2: like part of the playbook. OC used to do it a lot. I mean, we saw it with Bronwyn and Sean with their condo that they had. Yeah. We saw it with Eddie and Tamara. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, ugh. I to me, this was almost equally as uncomfortable as what they did a few seasons ago where... He was like blindfolded again and the whipped cream. I was just, I don't want to relive it. It just, yeah. it's, uh, it's uncomfortable. And honestly, like it's uncomfortable because it's Michael Darby and I just cannot see him. Like, he's, there's not an ounce of him that's attractive to me, like personality, looks, demeanor, like all of it, but just like anyone in general, I just don't, it's, it's a little too much. No, I mean, it's definitely a
1: lot. But it just like, makes me laugh. I feel like the producers have, like, this unofficial playbook. Hmm, trying to, like, reignite the flame in the marriage? Let me turn to this page. All right, you do? We need to have a scene where you guys, like, bring the sex yeah. actor
2: back. Like, that's what I'm, like, picture happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we don't have to worry about that happening with Giselle. Although
1: we're getting, like, the oh, opposite of it. Oh, shit. Her daughters are savage. I honestly love them so much, though, because, I mean – I don't want my kids to be
2: that honest with me, but then again, I would be like proud that they could be that honest with me. I do think like, I think she has a great relationship with her kids. You can tell she's an involved mom. She's not just somebody that's like has staff that's taking them places. And like, you know, you cause you can tell there's certain moms on certain franchises that like, you know, it seems like they have no involvement with their kids. They're never around them and they're young. You know, it's not like these are older kids off in college and you can definitely tell Giselle is very involved in their lives and has a close relationship with them. I think it's kind of nice that they feel comfortable though telling her these things. And I almost feel like in some ways it's because they want they want her to realize that she's a great mom but like by trying to protect her dad, like pr- trying to protect their dad and make Jamal like look okay to them. They're almost making it say like it's okay to have that type of relationship and I think it, I think it's really mature and wise that they realize like that's not healthy and that's not what they want.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's I their awareness, the self-awareness that they have. And they're like, listen, like we don't have a great role model in relationships and you are too guarded. Like they're not little, little girls. And I think as parents and granted, I've only dealt with child t- toddlers. I have no idea what I'll do with teenagers, but I think it's easy to only see your kids as babies. And I could imagine that transition to like, holy shit, they know, <laughs> they know. They pick it up. Like there's no like hiding or like little white lies around the situation. They know. So it's time to be a little bit more honest and break down those walls. And I think it's great that Giselle was receptive to it and had a conversation with her pastor about it. I think it's easy to dismiss. It would have been so easy to just be dismissive and be like, no, you guys just don't know. You just don't know. Wait until you're in my shoes one day. Like she could have easily gone that route. So I respect her for taking that feedback.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it does make me wonder though too. She said she's been guarded since birth. It kind of makes me wonder like, what was, what's led to that? Like, I think there's a deeper story there, like pre Jamal. I think there were, there's just a lot more to Giselle. And I think she is very guarded and we only see little bits of her on the show and she doesn't really go. She doesn't like to get deep. Like even when she was talking about like how hurtful it was when they brought up that Jamal was, you know, cheating on her yet again at the reunion, how much that hurt her and her daughters. And everyone was like really surprised because they've never heard her even admit that like she has feelings. And I, th- I just feel like there's like, I would love to just peel back the onion on Giselle and kind of understand the, at the core, what makes her feel like she has to be so strong and so guarded and can't show emotion.
1: Yeah. Honestly, for a lot of these housewives and I know, you know, this is my quick little tangent, I would love to know so much more about like their upbringing and childhood. And some of them do a good job of showing that to us and giving us that picture. But like, for instance, Sonia has been on, you know, our screens for how many years now? And we just found out some stuff about her this past season. So I would love for them um, as housewives continues to evolve to yes, peel that onion a little bit, as long as the women are willing to.
2: Agreed. Okay. Let's um, last thing to talk about. Were they, were the butterflies alive or dead? (laughs) According to Karen, they were sleeping. Yeah. I'm not buying that. Um, they were dead. They were definitely dead. I mean, the ones that were like on the ground and fell out and then you never saw their wings flutter again. I just don't, I don't think those things were going anywhere.
1: I just love that Karen, um, just doesn't want to ever admit wrongdoing in her actions is she's so quick on her feet. If you guys, you guys know I'm a Karen stan, so, but if you like Karen, um, you would enjoy her Watch What Happens Live appearance, where she kind of talks about this, because she's so quick on her feet about it. Uh, It just, like, makes me laugh. Karen's just Karen. And and Giselle's assessment of all the invitations was 100% accurate. They're they're a little um, wacky and
2: don't really make sense, but you're here for it. Exactly. I do feel like that Giselle and Karen are kind of coming around a little bit. Like maybe it's just cause they've been around each other so much more that they can, they definitely have like, have each other figured out. And yeah, I they know it. how to have fun together and they know how to not, but they like, I feel like have like a, they're playful frenemies. I think they both realize that like n- they need one another, you know, like if Giselle all of a sudden is gone off the show, Part of what makes Karen Karen is the, the interaction she has with Giselle. And it's the same for Giselle. If Karen's gone, she loses some of her. Like, I feel like the two of them are definitely the strongest personalities on the show. They're typically everyone's favorite, you know? So it is like, I think they need each other. And I'm glad they realize that because there's other franchises where I don't think they understand that balance of needing one another because they are kind of frenemies and they try to get the other person out. And then the show's ruined. So I, I like that they have the awareness and they're like, all right, we. We can kiki and be fun, but we also are going to give each other digs because that's what makes it entertaining. A thousand percent. All right. Well, um, that brings us to our shout out. And we're going to just keep the tradition going where we don't tell each other. Um, Vanessa, who is your shout out?
1: My shout out goes to all the parents who still make Halloween costumes for their kids. I think, you know, and this is no shade really to the Pinterest moms, I just think I respect those who still do the homemade costume thing. I'm not one of them. I just buy a costume off the rack, but I love it. So I just want you guys, I see you keep it up and keep being creative because I think it's easy to get wrapped in Halloween. Now that we have it social media and I love the nostalgia of when I was a kid and made a costume.
2: I love that. My um, shout out is also going to parents, but not parents of Halloween costume that make their Halloween costumes. Um, October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And as October comes to an end, I just want to give a shout out and highlight all of the parents um, of kids with Down Syndrome and really all the parents of kids with just special needs and unique challenges. It, I think oftentimes your basically a full time job of advocating for your kids, finding them the best specialists and support and doing everything you can to make sure that they have inclusivity in their lives can go unnoticed and unseen. So we just want to give you guys a shout out during this special month and let you know that you are very seen and, you know, our hearts are with you. I do remember a while ago, I posted something about, you know, seeing just these parents that like, you know, these, it seemed like they were pros checking into the hospital. They knew the lay of the land, which means they've been there a lot. And, you know, it breaks your heart in a way. And one parent DM'd me and said, the best thing that other parents can do um, for those that, that do have kids with special needs is to kind of fight for them. So just a little like maybe um, tip for those of you who are, you know, your kids are in a school, ask what the school is doing to make sure that kids with certain challenges and disabilities are being included in the classroom. We're seeing it more and more, but I think if more parents um, use their voice and speak up, we can make a world of a difference together um, and not just in October, um, year round. And so, um, that wraps up this week. Yeah. I know when that person wrote that, um, that message and I was like, Oh, that's like such an easy way to help out.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's great. So I'm glad that we're ending on a high note, but if you want to end on an even higher note, you guys know what I'm going to say. Five stars. So leave us a quick five-star rating. Just click, you know, scroll up from where we're listening right now. You can see like write a review. You can click on the five-star rating. If you have even an additional 60 seconds, leave a written review. We see them. They really do help. We're trying to hustle for ourselves um, and get more noticed by some in this little podcast world, the big wigs. So we're try- we're hustling. So we appreciate your support and it truly helps, especially um, when it comes to getting recognized by networks or um, guests. So that's how we're using it. And then if you want to monetarily support us where we kind of get a little bit more unhinged, I don't know why I'm laughing but we do but uh, check out our Patreon so you can join for as little $3 a month instead of spending money on Starbucks you can spend some money on us and just listen to us rant about other things in the pop culture bravo sphere so with that we will check you
2: next week
0: you will fail so what everybody does but your gym your watch your yoga pants they pretend you won't so when you miss a day in a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are BODY. Start your free trial at BODY.com. That's b o d dot com.